unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Nathan. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I have been waiting on pins and needles for this episode because because uh, you sent me the show notes and I got a, a sneak peek at what we're going to be talking about. And this one's going to be awesome. So I'm just going to hand it over to you. Well... Thanks. This is um, what I'm calling the tyranny of show, don't tell. Because if you study writing, you will have teachers stand up in front of a room or get on a webinar or write in a book in a very serious, almost intimidating tone of voice. Show, don't tell. And, you know, it's a nifty phrase. It's great. But a lot of people beat writers over the head with these words because all they do is say these words over and over. They never explain them. They act like you're stupid or there's something wrong with you if you don't instantly get what they're saying. And yet, what does it mean? I think it's fairly useless advice unless you get specific about it. I mean, think, think about it. Now, I know you draw great cartoons, Nathan. I've seen them. But if you take this advice too far, all of your copy would just be pictures, no words at all, right? Show, don't tell. So obviously, that's not really the answer. So how do we profitably apply this to copywriting? And I've got a fair warning for you before we show you. I've got something to tell you, and that is that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review before you write and or after you write. And before you start using your copy, my larger clients do this all the time. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's just talk about this whole show don't tell. I don't know where it came from, but I imagine it's advice editors or maybe seminar leaders for novelists who they came up with it. You know, they would see these novelists writing these long, tedious descriptions that were more about somebody's thoughts and internal dialogue or more about conceptual things in the world more than simple visual action-based prose. That's my guess. And so, yeah, show don't tell is good advice in theory, but in reality, for you as a writer, as a copywriter, show don't tell can paralyze you. If you're constantly obsessed with every sentence, am I showing rather than telling? Oh no. Oh my God. Um, So yeah, I would say in general, the more visual you can make your copy and the more action you can put in your descriptions, the better in general, but that's not what this is all about. And the reality is you don't need or want to do this all the time. Can I add in two cents real quick? Oh yeah. So before, before uh, becoming a copywriter, um, I used to, and you alluded to this before, I, I, I like to draw comic books. I'm a big fan of comic books in general. And I used to write comic books 
Um, not successfully, <laughs> but I used to study how to write comic books. And one of the things that uh, is, it used to be very important and it seems to have lost favor in the current political realm is show don't tell when it comes to writing comic books and when it comes to writing fiction and when it comes to writing um, stories with uh, a moral to them. You don't want to beat the reader over the head. You don't want to tell them what they're supposed to. You want to show it to them so they can discover it themselves. Uh, there's when you, when you lack that subtlety, it comes off as being preachy. It comes off as being dictatorial. And so, in that essence, showing don't tell. Um, it makes sense, and a lot of people when they don't when they don't take that rule, especially to fiction writing. Um, it ends up coming off as, as more of a sermon than something as an entertainment. Uh, but as we've gone over in the past, the rules that work for creative writing, the rules that work for journalistic writing, aren't always necessarily the same rules that work for copywriting. Yeah, great point. Great distinction. And, and you're right. I never thought about that aspect of it. But yeah, there needs to be a subtlety. The reader needs to be able to think about stuff and infer it to have the full entertainment experience, whether it's a comic book or movie or a novel um, or, you know, any other kind of story. Um, with copy, not so much. Uh, you need, it's called direct response marketing because you're being direct. You're not being indirect. So, where where you use there are a couple of places i'm going to talk about using show don't tell where you are kind of nuanced and you to some degree get the person to infer only a little bit but you want to make them do a lot less work see inferring stuff coming to conclusions is work it's very pleasurable and meaningful when you're looking at entertainment when you're listening to a song it's this guy's trying to sell me something and he's trying to make me work. Screw that. I'm not going to buy it. Right. So it's different. Okay. So, so let's talk about it when it comes to copy then. Okay. So first of all, you, you don't need or want to do this all the time. You know, we have the saying, the more you tell, the more you sell. We don't say the more you show, the more you sell. We say the more you tell, the more you sell. So what you tell and how you tell is important. And we've covered that from many different angles and in great detail, as well as the big picture on dozens of other episodes of this podcast. But rest assured, it's crazy to think you need to show with every word because you don't. Where you need to use it, I'm going to talk about five particular parts of, of your copy. Um, and I'm going to explain why it's so important. Remember, one thing that entertainment and copy have in common is you're trying to create an emotional response. Now, you're trying to create maybe, I would say, a different kind of emotional response with entertainment than you are with copy. There are some similarities, but a lot of differences. And I don't want to go into all those details and subtleties. It's not that useful. but um, Or maybe it is, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but um, let's, let's talk about where, where it is going to help to increase your response, increase your sales, increase your profits in copy. Um, and before we do that, 
I want to talk about what showing really means and why it's so important. Understand that showing is where you create images in your prospect's mind, images in your prospect's mind, especially, and that would be like a still picture, right? Especially where you create visual action sequences in your prospect's mind. That would be like a cartoon or a movie. And doing that, creating those still or moving images has a much more powerful emotional effect than even the most powerful power words by themselves. For example, think about John Carlton's one-legged golfer. You can't help but picture a guy in a golf course with only one leg. It's a powerful image and it generates strong emotion. And if you're a golfer and you read this one-legged golfer can drive the ball 300 yards and he's on one leg and you've got two legs and you can only drive it a piddling 175 yards, that's going to generate a lot of emotion, right? Um, so just, just to, I'm only mentioning that not as one of the five ways, but to give an example of the power of showing. Now, for the five parts of your sales message where showing, not telling can really pay off. Number one, first one is how your prospect feels now. How your prospect feels now. This is usually a negative feeling. It's a problem. They feel lacking. There's a deficit. The best sales, maybe there's frustration. Maybe there's annoyance. The best sales letters usually signal to a prospect that the writer of the letter, the person talking to them through the letter or the ad or the VSL or whatever, that person talking to the prospect knows how the prospect feels. And there are a couple good reasons for this. First reason is it demonstrates empathy. And empathy will, when it's perceived by the prospect, will bond you to that prospect. People feel greater trust, greater affinity. They like you more when someone else accurately acknowledges how they feel. So empathy. Second, when you talk about how they feel now at the beginning, it gives you a baseline to compare with later. And later they will be able to see in the gap between how they feel later and how they feel now. They will see the, the difference. They will see the benefits of using your product service. They'll see it much more starkly. Now, to be fair, some people don't even get into how their prospect feels now anywhere in their sales message at all. So. I understand, you know, I, I think we've talked about that on other shows, but about empathy and, and, you know, acknowledging people's where they are. But let's say you got that. Okay. So I, I hope you understand basically what I'm talking about, even if you don't have that whole thing mastered. So I want, I want to give you an example, two ways. First, just telling and then showing. And, and this is for how a prospect feels. So Let's say you're putting together uh, one of those monthly subscription boxes of toys for people's dogs. So if you're going to tell us how the prospect feels, you might do it this way. When you go shopping for new toys for your dog, it's both exciting and frustrating. You have a hard time finding the dog toys at the store because for some reason they're not always in the same place. You have to look around, but you're excited because you know how happy your puppy will be when you bring the new toys. Um, you can't wait to find the new toys. Now, that's not bad. It's not great. But it's not bad. But let's see what happens to this same description when you show it rather than tell it. It might sound like this. 
you walk into the store and when you go to where they usually keep the doggy toys, you get annoyed. They've moved them again. You walk up and down the aisles until you find the new location. But it was worth the extra effort. You pick up the toys and squeeze them to see which ones won't get torn up as fast. Which squeaks won't drive you out of your mind while your puppy is enjoying chewing on each new toy. Okay, see the difference? By visualizing the experience of going to the store, by showing them what happens, by letting them feel the squeeze and hear the squeak, everything becomes much more vivid. And the frustrations about shopping in 3D and brick and mortar in the real world becomes all the more real and immediate. And this sets up the reader and viewer to imagine later feeling what it'll be like never to have to worry about those frustrations again by getting a box of new toys delivered every month. Now, I'm not going to go into as much depth in the next four examples as I did with this, but I really wanted to lay out piece by piece, step by step, the difference between first telling and then showing. So you can see for yourself why it makes so much more sense in this case to show rather than tell. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Okay. I, I am going to have some, some feedback on some of the next points, so uh, that's good. Okay, good. So the second uh, thing is uh, where you would want to show rather than tell is how your prospect will feel once the benefits of the offer kick in. And remember, what we're going for here is maximum emotional impact, because if you can get them feeling the way they'll feel now as they're reading the letter, you can get them to feel that way. And that's also the way they're going to feel once they're enjoying the benefits of your offer, then they'll be all that much more likely to buy. And the way to get them feeling the most intensely is to show them rather than tell them. So for the doggy treat service, you could say, for one time each month, your puppy's tail will start wagging when the UPS man comes to the door. Instead of loud barking, you'll almost hear a whining, which you know means your dog is begging begging for you to open the box because it's Christmas for the puppy, not once a year, but every month. Okay, so that really brings you into the after feeling and the before and after. And, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff, that doing that, you know, writing those was hard for me. Um, it's just like it is hard for every writer. I think it's, because it's it's like storyboarding a screenplay. It's probably like doing a comic book. You not only have to think, 
you have to think backwards. How do I want the reader to feel? How do my characters feel? How do I show what's happening to make the reader see they feel this way and respond? Uh, next three aren't going to be that complicated, but you know, there's a, there's a real gold in, in showing with the before and after. Okay. So the next, the third one, number three is the experience of actually using your product or service. And this is the next step. This is where you, you actually put the product in your prospect's hands. Now this might come before how they're feeling about it, or it might come after you have to figure that out in your letter, but this is where you're going to have the prospect imagining holding it, touching it, opening the box, having the puppy jump all over them, um, you know, uh, licking your face, wagging their tail, whatever. Um, you, you show them what the steps are to getting started and using the product. You tell them what they're going to see, how it's going to feel, maybe what they're going to hear and what they're going to feel. And these first three, how I feel before, how I feel afterwards, and what it's like to hold, use, smell, taste, hear the product, they, they actually work like a takeaway. They work like a takeaway in the prospect's imagination because once you've gotten them to go through this transformation in their mind, it's like they already have the product holding it and they imagining having the product by not buying it, they are taking it away from themselves. So the, the last thing you want to lose is what you already have in your imagination. I'm going to do a little bit of a diversion on this one, and it's not specifically with copywriting, but marketing in general, mm -hmm. and maybe kind of with maybe a video sales letter or something. Um, but actually, Ben Settle is the one who first brought this up to me when we were talking one time. He was saying uh, those, those uh, commercials where they show, instead of just telling you about how powerful the vacuum is, they show the vacuum picking up a bowling ball. Instead of telling you about how powerful the blender is, they show the blender blending an iPhone. They have a whole series of will it blend commercials for a particular type of blender where they show the blender blending all these crazy things that you wouldn't imagine go in, uh, in a blender. Um, how does that concept work into the written word of being able to sh to to visualize or help the person visualize how well something works without just telling them that it works very well? Well, great question. And I would say that's, that is a variation of number three. You describe it. You say, um, how well does this blender work? Well, um, imagine you had somebody you didn't like very much and you got a hold of their iPhone and then you put it in the blender. Press you know, high for high speed. And in three and a half seconds, their, their blender is um, now fairy dust or whatever. Okay, cool. You can describe it the same way you would de describe it pretty much as if you were writing a screenplay or a storyboard, you know, for, for some kind of film. You, you just, you literally imagine what it's going to look like, or maybe you actually do it and take notes and then you describe it with words. Okay, so uh, that was that was uh, the experience version of showing and don't telling. What else do we have? Well, number four is sometimes it's really helpful 
to use what other people will say about the prospect after the benefits of the offer have kicked in and how the prospect will feel. Now, this is hard for some copywriters because as one of my wisest clients said, probably my wisest client, he said, copywriters are a subversive type. And maybe if we're not totally antisocial, we don't care that much what people think about us compared to most people, which care, who care a lot about what other people think about them. So um, this is something people often overlook. Victor Schwab, in his book, How to Write a Good Advertisement, he has this little saying, boy, PT mom, B-O-Y-P-T-M-O-M. Because of you, people think more of me. Okay. So, uh, hmm, I wonder if Harvard should use that as, uh, you know, to write their advertising. Because you went to Harvard, people think more of me, more of you, right? Um, it's something, but it, it's true. They do, you know, whether they should or not is a whole nother question. But I have some friends who went to Harvard who are okay. So, anyway. This is something people often overlook. Let's say you had a skincare product. What will people say about you once they are enjoying the product? How will that make you feel? How are they going to look at you differently? How does that make a difference in your life? How do you feel when people say, uh, Nathan, something's changed. Did, did you lose weight or, or uh, you know, did you trim your beard differently? I can't tell. Is there something, right? You need to use your imagination to show other people's positive reactions to your prospect and what they will say in a way that will engage the imagination of the prospect. The more you can show that, again, the more you can put them in their imagination, in that experience, in the moment that they're reading it, uh, the, the stronger your copy gets. So... And I don't know if this is completely related to this, but I don't see it on your notes, so I'm going to throw it in here. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to show, don't tell, using testimonials, instead of saying, I can write a really good sales letter, have somebody else say, hey, he wrote me a sales letter and it increased our conversions by 5%. Or instead of saying, this product will... Uh, do the best cleaning you ever have, have, have one of your testimonials say, um, we bought this product and my daughter's allergies instantly cleared up because there was no more dust in the house. Um, when it comes to show, don't tell and testimonials, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a, a couple of things. First of all, testimonials work fine when people are just telling and you know, there are two kinds of testimonials I think are best. One is about results, and one is about the experience of working with the service provider or using the product. So I don't think it's mandatory, and I don't think all of the testimonials should show, but I agree with you. If you can have some testimonials which describe a scenario, especially, you know, something that's going to be you know, very emotionally, you know, make, make a big emotional impact, very emotionally effective. Uh, that's real. That's really good. I mean, something like, you know, we couldn't do anything for our daughter's allergies. Then we got the super sucker vacuum cleaner and now um, they're gone. That's going to, that's going to affect a lot of people, whether or not they have a daughter, if they have a sister, if they have a mother, if they have a niece, you know, 
So that's good. Okay. I just, uh, it was one of those, in my opinion, it's one of those areas where people don't use the show. Don't tell enough. And, uh, I know that some, sometimes like the allergy example, sometimes when I see a testimonial that actually does some showing rather than just telling, those are the ones that usually stick out to me in my memory the most. Sure. And, and, and that's, that's a good point. I mean, one of the things we want to do in our copy is provide people with, you know, prepackaged, freeze-dried justification that they can recite to people. Say, why did you buy that? What, you know, and you can say, well, this guy, his daughter had allergies like our Jenny and, you know, the vacuum got all the dust. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I just, I, I, you know, when I came up with examples, I wanted to, when I came up with places, I wanted to come up with places where you should do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should do it all the time with testimonies. I think you should do it some of the time. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for the clarification on that. Uh, when it comes to arguably the most important part of your sales copy, right. uh, here's what you need to do now. How, how do you use show to hotel there? Yeah. Well, this is one where a lot of smart, and you're talking about the call to action, right? Uh, This is where a lot of smart marketers are already doing this. People with less experience tend to think it's ridiculous. And if you feel that way, that's understandable. But once you've gotten a much lower response rate than you should, then this will make more sense to you because people aren't reading intellectually like a proofreader. They're in this flow of emotion and um, wonder and desire and anxiety and impatience and you know hope all at the same time. So they need a little guidance. So Gary Halbert used to do this very very well. He said you'll pick up the phone. It'll probably be uh, get answered by Mary. But you know if the phone's ringing, she might have just stepped away for a little while. Uh, she'll answer your call. Then you know and and he just walks you through the steps of ordering or anything like that. Online marketers use it simply as click the blue button below, you know, where uh, you're showing them with words, what, what you're showing them what's already there, but not click the button below, click the blue button below, right? You really want to, that, that's, yeah. So you might say, well, that's not really showing. Yeah. I'm showing you there's a blue button below. And sometimes there's a red arrow that points at the blue button too. Right. So you show them what's already there and in front of them. Mm, okay. Um, what about, and you kind of, I, I don't want to drag this too much further on, but you kind of alluded to this, but I want to get a little bit deeper into it. Um, the idea of kind of illuminating the room, not asking the prospect to walk into a dark room, really showing them uh, what they can expect once they click the buy now button, what they can expect as far as how it's going to be delivered, how it's going to, what it's going to look like, what it's going to weigh, what it's, is it going to be digital? Is it going to be physical? Um, Showing people that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that's an excellent point. And, and that can save a lot of sales that might've gone bad. Uh, Yeah. Telling, telling, Showing people what their experience is going to be, you know, showing them screenshots of this, you know, um, uh, describing, you know, the, the, the steps that are going to occur. I think that's really important, too. And a lot of people miss that, but the most experienced marketers 
do just as you suggested. Awesome. All right. So uh, you've got one last note here. It says the main reason you want to show not telling copy. What does that mean? Yeah. The main reason is to engage the imagination of the prospect and to generate emotional, additional emotional momentum towards making the sale. Mm, Nice. All right, David, this one, this one kind of went deep. This one went deeper than a lot of episodes. I think we, uh, we kind of, and broad. This is one of those deep and broad episodes. Thank you so much for bringing it to us. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I thought we could create a little half hour art school for all of our copywriters. Nice. So what do we have coming up next week on the Copywriters Podcast? Oh, and next week we have a mystery guest expert who's going to be talking about copywriting for coaches. I don't know whether I'm going to be talking or taking a lot of notes. Nice. That's, that's how I usually feel when we do these episodes. All right, David, again, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic episode. Make sure that you're heading over to the Copywriters Podcast website, copywriterspodcast.com. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode.